It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. Never a truer word was ever spoken today. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of the limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, today we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is just down from Napoleon Avenue and across from the European Wax Centre. I don't know if you're familiar with the European Wax Centre, ladies. But it's something that you need to know about. Kitty DeLitter is here. Hello, Kitty. Yeah. Hey, Grant. How, How are you, you doing? Today, I'm baby? good. You have to talk into this microphone. Oh, excuse me. That's that There you go. Cheers, darling. Glad hey. to be here. How are you doing? Kitty DeLitter is, uh, is actually, or sometimes known as Kevin Thomas, apparently, yes. is your given name. Do my, you call that your government name? My government name. Your government name. Do you paperwork use that? Name. Your paperwork no. name. <laughs> so On occasion. But Kitty DeLitter. When I want to get paid. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's your real... You normally you walk around as a guy, as Kevin yes, Thomas. Yes, And then on occasions like this... You get a little extra. You get a little... <laughs> you get a lot Dressed extra. up as a woman. Yes. So now we're recording the show uh, in the middle of the day here at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a... Is it Wednesday today? It... All day. It yeah. Is. And so you're dressed up as a woman walking around on the street in the broad daylight. Yeah. We call it day drag. Day drag. Day drag. Is there a, that's a particular term for it? Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a lot well, less white powder going on. Okay. So it's a makeup thing. What about the courageous aspect of it? Courageous aspect? Yeah. Girl, I mean, boy, we are in New Orleans. <laughs> Every day so, is a reason to dress up down here. Okay. But this, I mean, during the day, it seems a lot more, the, the pe- people are a bit different than during when you're dressed up as a woman at night. No, I, I hear what Look you're saying. Look at your eyebrows. Yeah. Eyelashes as well. It's, they're made I'm out of feathers. I'm a bit jealous of the jewelry myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, the jewelry? This is Amy Irvin, who is uh, the executive director of the New Orleans Abortion Fund. Yes. And uh, who's dressed up as a vagina. Yes. You look the, like a nun. You look like a nun, actually, from sort of a vagina order. Well, and I'm oftentimes mistaken for a hot dog. Really? Yes. The complete opposite of what she's going yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, am I standing too close to a lucky dog stand? Do you not understand? This is a vagina. Where did you purchase this beautiful vagina costume from? If, if you could take a look at our Facebook page at uh, It's New Orleans or our website, itsneworleans.com, and uh, look at the photos from the show, Happy Hour, you'll see Amy dressed as a vagina. So you get the idea. But it's a, your face is... You look like a sort of a, either a nun or a sort of a very religious uh, Islamic person. I went woman. to parochial school. I never had Sister Mary Agnes dress up like that. You didn't. I'm, so, I'm just gonna have to disagree. From with the you order on of that. the order of the ovaries, <laughs> yeah. it would have to be. I suppose. Uh, no, I, I so think it's a real that, um, vagina. It looks like it does not look like a hot dog, really. Oh, thank you so much. You're I'm, welcome. I'm really going for the. And your face it's actually, is. Actually, and many of my friends uh, want to correct me. It's not a vagina. It's a vulva. Mm. It's a vulva. Yes. Okay. We want to be anatomical c- correct. Okay. So what is it? Grammatically too. <laughs> what is the difference between a vulva? Around a vagina, exactly. Don't ask me, Kitty. You don't. You, you, you don't know. I'm not an expert. All I have is duct tape to prove it. Otherwise, are you? Do you have your genitals duct taped up right now? No, that's why I'm wearing a poofy dress today. Ah, this is so day, you can, day, day drag. drag. So, do you day normally drag. go out with your genitals taped up? You know, on a good night. Do you have to night. shove your balls up in your body? I usually charge extra for that. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't mean someone else's. I mean your own. Is that true? I saw that on television. It depends on what kind of illusion you're trying to create. You know, right. I, I the female illusion trend is very big right now. I like to think I'm a boy in a dress. You want to give the impression that I'm a boy in a dress. Yes. You don't want to be passed as a woman. I'm no, I'm so not. So you don't mind having yeah, your genitals. Yeah, like the taxi driver was like, oh, because I caught a cab here. You, you did, not, I not Uber. Here. No, I caught a cab. Why? Was, Why are you still taking cab? Because I'm of the people. I'm of the, of the people. What people? I'm, I'm supporting Uber drivers the, I'm, are people. Listen, like radio, I'm supporting the dying industry. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Did you, get, did you take United? It's, I sure did. Oh, I just can't stand it. <laughs> I hate that company. What made you do? Do you always take United? No, not always. But they don't show up. That's why I don't take them. I mean, I, you know what? I walked up to the hotel, Pontchartrain Hotel, yeah. and they came right away. Oh, that's, that's, that's oh, you live secret. right down there? Yeah, I live oh, right okay. across the street if from it. Hotel, so if you go yeah. to a nice hotel, right. they'll come right away and pick you up. So, all right, I'll have it all figured out. Okay, so <laughs> what does the cab driver say when he sees that you're a guy dressed up as a woman? Do they have to mention it? Does everybody want to mention it to you? Oh, well, they're looking for Kevin. Um, and I, I li- immediately go into, yeah, yeah, I'm right here, man. Thanks. Oh, wow. Do that again. Say, bro. 
So you can talk like that. I talk like that. That's your real regular. Not even close. No, not even close. I talk like this all day long. You do. This is your real speaking voice. The kitty voice voice is the real voice. This is your real, actual, normal, everyday. This is my catch a cab voice. Oh, wow. (laughs) So you can do that. You see, I couldn't do a woman's voice. Amy, can you do a guy's voice like that? Hey, baby. (laughs) No, not very convincing. And look, here's the poor. Unsuspecting Jay Sharp is here. Oh, oh excellent. This is going to be great. <laughs> Late arrival. Look at this. Wait till he, look at this guy's face now. Come on in. All right. Welcome, Jay. To, welcome well, to happy hour, Jay. Jay. Jay, I'm glad you made it here. We, we couldn't wait. We had to get started because we're all, we all needed a drink. So put those, put those headphones on. I've, so, can, you, can you do it with the hat? You got it. Okay, now Jay, how's the oh, headphone volume? Is it really easy. is it too great. quiet or too loud? It's great. Oh, oh now perfect, Jay perfect. has a voice. Mm-hmm. Jay's got Jay's a really beautiful singing voice mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Wait till you hear this. Why, so this is Jay Sharp, who's <laughs> the keyboard player and singer in a band called Waterseed. That's right. Who are? Uh, I guess you could describe them as a sort of super slick funk band. Would you describe? Oh them? wow. I love super that description. All right. Yeah. Super, wait till you hear this. Sounds like a so good Jay, time. So, Jay, this is Kitty DeLitter. Hey, Jay. Hey. You can also do the Kevin Thomas voice if you'd like to hear that. Can I catch a cab? Wow. <laughs> Pretty good, right? That's great. And the person dressed as a vagina is Amy Irvin, who's the uh, hey, executive Jay. director hey. of the New Orleans Abortion Fund. All right. Not so, exactly what you envisioned uh, for the afternoon, huh? I'm working with it. I love it. I was wondering I what was going to happen because you got. How did you get held up? There was uh, some type of dump truck, or I don't know what it was, yeah. but it stalled in the worst possible spot. Just another so, afternoon driving yeah, the streets exactly, of New Orleans. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you got stuck behind it. Yeah. For an undetermined right. amount of time. Well, you look great, and I love well, this scarf and everything. Everyone, this is the best visual-looking show we've ever, that. ever had in however many years television. we've been doing this. Yeah. Well, it's live on Facebook. If you, yes. Come on, Facebook friends. You can, you can, uh, if you What's up, Facebook? A, yeah, if you listen to this as a podcast sometime in the future, you go back to our, uh, our Facebook page. It's New Orleans Facebook page. You can see this live or recorded. It won't be live. Look, they gave me the script, and New Orleans is spelt wrong. How do you like that? <laughs> okay. Who's your producer? Really, Graham. <laughs> Gra- Graham's not responsible for that. I'm sure that's my fault. <laughs> hey, so where do we get up to? We're talking about how fucked up United Cab is. When you, have you ever taken United Cabs, Jay? I, I haven't. Because they suck, right? I hear things. Right, exactly. <laughs> do you drive yourself around town always? I drive myself around town. And you're from here originally I as am, well. yes. So do you guys know this band Waterseed? I'm just becoming acquainted with them. I'm, I'm, Do you, Amy? No, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, and they're really a super hot, tight band. Have you been around for? They've been around for a long time too. Yeah, well, you know, um, we were kicking around ideas for a while, and then eventually became a band, and we've been functioning as a band in this way, um, maybe around six years now. Solid. That's a long time. Yeah. But you've played the Essence Fest and Jazz Fest and French Quarter Fest and yeah, and you play oh, all so over the you're country. You're in the whole like New Orleans circuit then. Yeah. That's hey, like you have to talk into this mic. Into the mic. That's Sorry. it. Yeah. So, yeah. what clubs do you normally play at? We've been playing at Blue Nile on Tuesdays. Oh, that's solid. But uh, sometimes we play Tipitinas. Great. And um, sometimes uptown like Le Bon Ton, Ooh. Uh, Britannia Bar. Yeah, this we, guy's got yeah, the yeah, sexiest voice of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty hot, you I have to say. You, you're all too much. <laughs> so well, anyway, what I was getting just before you got here, uh, Jay, I was I was wondering where Amy got the vagina costume. From. I was wondering that as well. Yeah. Okay. So Inquiry let's go back. minds want to know. So let's go back to that because your face is sort of where the clitoris type thing would be yes. normally, right? That's the sort of look. Yes. Do sure. People- <laughs> I have to uh, give our board member, Jackie, all the credit in finding these costumes and ordering the first one from a company in Brooklyn. Okay. And, uh, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> and uh, we, she wore the first one uh, last fall uh, at our sex ed bingo night. Sex ed bingo night. <laughs> I have to write that down. Why weren't we invited to that? <laughs> sex ed bingo. What happens at the sex ed bingo night? Well, we're raising money for the New Orleans Abortion Fund, and we have several rounds of bingo, all of them around uh, sex ed trivia questions. And uh, 
the probably the most popular one is around slang, sex slang. So uh, uh, okay, there's lots to learn in those I rounds. I love a rusty trombone. <laughs> Do you remember any of those questions? No. <laughs> she she not tries very, not to. Not very educational then. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous here, I have to say. (laughs) You're nervous? What are you drinking? Gin and tonic? You haven't hardly drunk anything. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah, have a couple of good sips This is a no-judgment zone. But I wanted to ask, so why are you wearing a vagina? Is it because you're proud of your vagina? Yes. Like, we should embrace vagina? Yes. But more importantly, we should... Well, for for one thing, uh, the New Orleans Abortion Fund does a lot of legislative work, and anyone who's been following politics in the last year, but certainly more than that here in Louisiana, knows that our state legislators are hell-bent on legislating women's lady parts and restricting access to abortion care, and uh, so we're... Well, it's... I'm really impressed, because normally the conversation goes pro-choice, but you're actually saying you're pro-abortion. Is, is that correct? Because like, I, I feel like you're using the language very positively, where it's usually used derogatory. Does that, does that make sense? Sure. No. Uh, we want to ensure that women have all the choices. So whether they decide to carry a pregnancy to term or uh, use uh, adoption services or decide to terminate a pregnancy, we want to make all the options available to women and, and people seeking those services. And so... Uh, We've done a lot of work in the last five years to talk about this issue in the context of a lot of other issues like comprehensive, age-appropriate sex education, Mm -hmm. uh, economic justice, and racial justice. For instance, we are supporting uh, a bill to uh, ensure equal pay for women. Uh, In Louisiana, we have some of the lowest rates of equal pay. Uh, How long has this program been going on in Louisiana, then? The New Orleans Abortion Fund has been yeah. here since 2012, and we've assisted over 800 women here locally and throughout the state in uh, financial assistance and seeking health care that's safe so and legal. Wh- what does it mean? It means if I don't, if I can't afford an abortion, you'll give me the money to get one. That's right. How uh, much? How much is an abortion? Well, so here in New Orleans, an average uh, first or medical abortion surgery well, we starts. Well, it would be medical. Is there an, another sort? Yes. Is there a psychological abortion? <laughs> what's, the, what's the opposite of a medical abortion? Well, there's a medical abortion or a pill, pill abortion or, oh, or the ah. surgery, which is more common. But um, well, many, many women are choosing to use a medical abortion. What is that exactly? So you take a, a series of pills. And it's, ah, really? And so it's, it's, not sort of actually, like a, it's not a procedure? It's not a surgery. Right. It's, it's not like a surgical it, procedure. That's correct. Okay. And it's done, it's most, it's basically uh, done at home. And it's like a, a miscarriage or a very, very heavy period. Okay. So a lot of women prefer that because it is done at home and in the privacy of their well, home Well, most people would prefer not to have a surgical procedure, given the choice, I would think, in any circumstances. Sure, why not? Uh, where think? does Louisiana stand right now? With, is, this, is this legal? Sure. Like, yeah, okay. Is so, this legal? Well, I'm at, well, well and it is at the moment. Well, okay, so you're saying the legislation is trying, to come, trying to come through to say that you, you should not be able to allow to do this. Right. Louisiana has some of the most uh, restrictive laws on the books. And so for women seeking this health care service, it's very difficult. It's uh, worse than Texas here, even? It's worse than Texas. Uh, there are only <laughs> three, three, clinics, <laughs> three clinics in the entire state. And, um, Is that right? Where are they? New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Shreveport. Hmm. Well, that's pretty much where everybody lives, I suppose. Not that. I mean, you wouldn't expect there to be at an abortion clinic in Booty or something, would you? Which is, which is where Kenny delivers. There should delivers. be abortion yeah. clinics yeah. in Booty. Do you really? In Hammond. Would you really? In Alexandria. Oh, that's a good point. Those places are where people live, yeah. Lafayette. Yeah, Lafayette. Good point. Okay. And why aren't there clinics in those places? There's nothing stopping someone opening an abortion clinic, is it? Well, or, actually, it's, or very, is there? it, there's, it's very difficult, actually, to open an abortion clinic. And uh, because of state regulations and licensing and these sorts you, of things. What do you have to have? Do you have to be attached to a hospital or something? No. Uh, it's free st- a freestanding clinic. That's where most uh, people are seen for abortion care. As I said, there are just three clinics. Private practice physicians are able to provide abortion care. However, they're limited in the number okay, that they so can do. Okay, so why is it so difficult to open one? What do I need to do if I'm going to open an abortion <laughs> clinic? Let's open one. I could, I could make some money let's, here, yeah, right? Yeah, let's open one, Grant. Well, there seem to be a lot of uh, an uh, opening, for want of a better word. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, it wouldn't cost very much to open one either. Because uh, all you need to do is dispense pills, apparently, for the most part. Well, there's just a lot of regulatory uh, barriers to opening a Yeah, but what plans. are they, though? What do we need to do? <laughs> Tax ID. Paperwork. I'm sure it's paperwork. 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 Identifying if physicians. Send, if we send you two guys down to the legislature or to the department, whatever it's called, what is it, the health department you get a license from? Louisiana Department of Health. Right. If you walk in there in your vagina outfit and we send Kitty in there in a daytime drag outfit, <laughs> who's going to say no to that? Lots of people, Grant. Do you think? I think you'd be asking that, for a fact, lawsuit. The, the vast you majority... <laughs> But seriously, for one second, seriously, what, what, what do you really, what is the holdup? Why wouldn't people open a, an abortion clinic? What, what are the legal requirements? Well, that is a very lengthy uh, answer. We've got plenty of time. You haven't hardly <laughs> drunk anything. I mean, what is the impediment? I'm absolutely serious for one second. What is the biggest well, legal impediment to opening an abortion clinic? Well, there's, Today. There, it's, it's mostly licensing from the state. It's identifying physicians who are willing to do it. There, it's uh, also uh, finding a building in which uh, the, you, uh, the provider can lease. Oftentimes, so landlords don't want. don't want to lease a building to a provider. Because they uh, don't because want people standing outside with, with signs. signs. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. with uh, protesters out in front picketing um, and causing all sorts of commotion. Didn't they have one on St. Charles up there by like the Della Chase? Wasn't that mm-hmm. one? Yes, they, they did. And yes. they used to picket out there. Every all day, the, those all guys were right. No, it was. All the time. And can you legally shoot those people? <laughs> <laughs> or not? Because in Louisiana, you, you can shoot a lot of people. You have to drag them inside first. <laughs> you do. <know? laughs> but. You, don't they have to stand so many feet away from the door, uh, the opening of a, of a vagina? The opening of an abortion... Co- <laughs> you can see why I thought that. Don't you have to stand so many feet away if you're a protester? I mean, all these things... Um, they're not permitted onto the property. So they are allowed... And they're not permitted to block the sidewalk. But they are permitted to, you know... Walk along the sidewalk to have their signs. Okay, to so the, damn you, neutral po- grounds. Damn you. <laughs> so the political and the social aspects of what stops people more than anything, other than the, the licensing, which I'm sure you can get around if you're determined enough. I mean, it's bad enough to get a license to dispense alcohol or anything. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can it's get a around. To, it's all probably a pay-to-play so. situation. Who's one to put the money yeah. up for it? Right. Right. I think more than anything, the the barrier to ensuring access uh, for people seeking abortion care is the shame and stigma that's associated with it. And so that's much of the work that we do. Uh, thus, the reason I'm in a vulva costume is to sort of bring attention to I get it now. and be supportive of women in all sorts of ways. Um, but. Uh, because there's a lot of stigma and shame around abortion care. There's a lot of stigma and shame around vaginas. It doesn't yeah. have to be really? discussed in a dark corner. Jay, do you think there's a lot of stigma around vaginas? I'm not sure about that. I would agree that there's stigma around vaginas. Really? Yes. What do you think that means exactly? Well, even when you say vagina, there are people who cringe when, in fact, it is called a vagina. Yeah. So I think that speaks to a level of discomfort that is just prevalent. I mean, all you have to do is go to a grocery store, walk down any, walk down the feminine product aisle, and look at all the products that are there to, you know, Assist clean, women? clean vaginas, make them smell nice. Uh, yeah, you but know. that's that's the American capitalist system at work. I mean, people will sell you anything. Vaginas that are lovely, just the way they are, how they are. Right. Oh, but we don't have penis cleaning items. We buy. That's true, but I bet oh. they could. Someone could come up with that, though. I don't know. Now we have a business plan. (laughs) We're totally missing a whole market. (laughs) Where did the concept that the vagina is unhealthy or smells bad come from? Summer. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, you know, that probably goes way, 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 way back, you know. So, but uh, certainly the, the amount of products out there on the market just enforce those sorts of views do people spend a lot of time thinking about their vaginas, women? I know guys think a lot about their uh, penis. Do they? I think guys think about vagina more than they think about penis. I can't what speak to that. What do you think, that. Jay? Probably so. <laughs> I'd say... I, I, from that's a pretty small sample, but I think we're right. <laughs> I, didn't underst- I never knew that vagina was a bad thing, really. I don't I, think it is. No, I don't think most people do either, though. 
I mean, I could see my grandma would probably turn off this station at at this point. Third, no, like three minutes, five, <laughs> ten minutes ago. <laughs> Perhaps. No, I think but. more people are interested in our comfortable talking with with uh, about penises. Are they Actually, really? Yes, this is a this is Whoever a this is a male male centered society. We are living in a patriarchy. Yes, but guys don't go around talking about penises, do they, Jay? <laughs> Oh, sure uh, they do. Uh, have you ever no. been Kevin, in the locker room? I, what? No, I, have I, no, I have not been do. in a locker they, room. They definitely really? talk about it, yeah. Well, and Directly guys, or well, indirectly. Well, and guys can adjust themselves in public, and yeah, you might get a glance, but you can do that. You don't see girls adjusting themselves in public. Uh, do girls adjust themselves in public? Do girls have to adjust? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not an authority on this. <laughs> You're more of an authority on this than we are, though. Surely. <laughs> no. No? It's all an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, I'm sure there are. Yes. Sometimes. You don't see women shoving their hand down their pants that often in public, unfortunately. I bet they could get away with it. But they I don't. think it would be encouraged. <laughs> It'd be encouraged. Don't you think? <laughs> women started shoving their hand down their own pants. But I am or, interested in this idea or uh, further discussion around men's ideas about vaginas. Not just as sexual objects, but as, as women. Well, I don't think uh, men are interested in anything other than sexual objects, frankly. If you, I mean, but the fact I mean? that you and consider a woman a sexual object, that's the problem? Yes. All right. What what under what context would a guy be thinking about a woman's vagina other than to have sex with it? Other than unless it was someone you related to. That's where their child they're, comes and from. They're, and they have a health problem. No, I'm suggesting that women are more than just their vaginas. Well, yes, but I'm saying yeah. if <laughs> that's of course suggesting that. <laughs> but if maybe they're just boobs or ass, but uh, we are well, think- that's good thinking, too, but thinking, we- feeling. People. Oh, I see. I see what you're trying I to say. I would like to learn more about vaginas. It's very mysterious. It's very mysterious. Oh, tell me more. What, what, all, what does it do? What is it really? What are its parts? <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions that need answering. Are those the most important questions? They're not the most important. I want to know how your day is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my day in a vagina costume? Or <laughs> yeah. That's a good question, too. Just another Wednesday in New Orleans. <laughs> I think both of you people are super brave to walk around. A, really? Yes, I don't dressed know. in daytime drag, and B, dressed as a vagina. I think dressing don't up as a vagina Jay, is a big step up in day drag. But that's just step my up. Yeah, that, what do you mean? this takes much more courage than just throwing on a wig and lipstick. Oh, does it? Well, let me tell yeah. you. They're both pretty equal. Myself. I don't know. But I'd be cu- curious, uh, Kitty, about uh, the reactions that you get. But I know that when I have been in my vulva costume, I've had a range of uh, experiences and people's uh, reactions is it, is it to it has been very different. No, no, very positive. In fact, they want to hug me. I, well, people want to take photos with me. That's the big thing. Do like, they really? Like, I saw that already today. Someone wanted to take a photo. It, it's, that's the thing. Like, I, it's nothing. I've only been in a female impersonation for two years. Okay. Um, two years and a couple months. I just started doing this. It, for me, yeah, it's an expression. Yeah, it's art firm. I just like, you know, the attention. I need a lot of attention, I guess. That's what you're doing it for. So it is, yeah. Well, you could do it a lot easier by just getting a vagina costume <laughs> on the internet and it put only that $100. on. I don't know what you spent on uh, the jewelry and the makeup and the dress, but... It's, well, like, it's all, it's all a part of that. Where you do know? You, well, let's go back to the beginning. What made you want to put on women's clothing in the first place? Well, the reason why I started cross-dressing is, um, as a New Orleanian, I got involved in the gay Mardi Gras clubs down here. And um, there are gay Mardi Gras clubs. Um, traditionally, the straight crews that honor their king at their ball every year um, were not accepting to homosexuals. It was actually illegal to cross-dress in New Orleans until, like, the eight. It was on the, on the books what? into the 80s. Really? That you were not allowed to wear female clothing unless it was Halloween or for Mardi Gras. So the wow. gays, the, um, the club that I am, the crew Petronius, I'm actually Queen Petronius, 55. I was honored I as my club. I see you have a thing here. I went, to, I went to the ball. 
this you, year. Oh, wasn't it fabulous? It was, great. it was so great. Well, the not in a vagina costume, but the but the thing in a gown. the <laughs> thing that is it's really great is that um, we satiricalize what straight crews are doing rather than being honoring the king. The highest honor you can receive in a gay Mardi Gras club, which for a lot of people, this is our social life. This is, you know, I like to go out, I like to get cocktails, I like to raise money, and I like to sleep easy at night. And the Mardi Gras club provides that for me. We are able to honor members of the community, instead of making them king, we honor them as queen. So there are people that are, you know, that, yeah, there are showgirls. You know, RuPaul's Drag Queen, if you're familiar with that, has brought drag mainstream. Um, the shows were fabulous. Um, Varla Jean Merman is a local New Orleans celebrity. You know, she did a lot of legwork for the community. Um, as a gay man, drag queens were the baddest bitches of us all because, like you're saying, they could go out in public in a full wig and dress and be like, oh, no, honey, check it. So... That's why I started doing drag, was because, like, it was for the Carnival Club. So you just did it for fun, to raise money? To raise money, yeah. Not um, for yourself, not because you wanted to express yourself as a Because person. historically, it would have been in really bad taste to come out as a male. To come out as a male? What do you mean? For the ball. Like, the ball. I, was, okay. I was named queen of the Carnival Club. <laughs> oh, I see. So you I had to. to. I had right. to okay. come out as a right. drag queen. Right, right. So that I was w- the first time. That was, that's, oh, wow. I lit- that's when I learned to do drag. So, you know, we do our fundraisers. And so what was it like? Go back to the minute you did it. The first minute when you put on a women's clothing in your in your house, I guess, was it? It's it's horrible. Like, I have some girlfriends, or boyfriends that... I have girlfriends that do... Ma- they love the makeup aspect of it. This is actual women you're talking about. No, these are biological these are men. We all... Okay. You know, like, I'm Kitty, Back and there's Lebo, and Blazin, and Fatsy, and yeah, we all... Fatsy? Fatsy Klein. Oh, she's Fatsy a diva. Klein. Yeah, no, like, it's it's a okay. big diva fest, right? But it's and like... These are all gay men. Men. Um, there's no straight men. School teacher, nurses. Um, they're well, not straight men, though. I'm only gay men do this. Grant, you need to go to, well, uh, to the ball next to the year. Ba- well, well, the crew of Petronius is... Well, there's me? different clubs. Like, the crew of Petronius is very inclusive. We have lesbians. We have transgender. We have straight people. The okay. youngest member is 19. The oldest member is in that over-70s club. Okay. You know, it's, it's a really diverse group, you know, between white, African-American, you know, Hispanic. It's a really diverse group of people. Um, but we just all really love the Mardi Gras. To come out there, I mean, people ask, like, it's crazy because you spend a lot of money to throw a big party. You know, people from out of town, they come talk about, you know, who puts on Mardi Gras? Does the city of New Orleans put on Mardi Gras? Does Budweiser sponsor Mardi Gras? No, it's people who live in New Orleans that want to throw these lavish events and fabulous parties, you know? Right. Well, Mardi Gras is a great excuse to dress up. For everybody, for, not just for every, not just people who dress as a woman. Everyone who gets dressed up in a costume, it's a really a great it, sense of re- it, release. Really, it is. You can be anyone you like for a day. It's an expression that, of your inner self. Yeah, it is. Is that know. so? That how you you feel right now? You feel like you do on Mardi Gras day when you don't give a shit about anything and you. Well, this is day drag, so. <laughs> but <laughs> does it feel like that? Does it have that? that? I want to know what night drag is about. It's one of there's more jewelry. But it's painted on a little heavier. More jewelry than the this. hair's bigger. <laughs> well, yeah, no, there's you know chandeliers involved, okay. and, and you know I don't even have body on right now. But you know there's body involved. And body. Did you, are y'all familiar with the Bourbon Street Awards? Yes. So everyone that won this year were in gay Mardi Gras clubs. Okay. The drag queen that won, Fatsy Klein won. Fatsy Klein was she, Miss she won. Mardi Gras. Uh, okay. She she won this year. We helped make that costume. But these are people who get really elaborate costumes. They look like Mardi Gras Indians, actually, with the feathers yeah, and the well, gigantic. And that's what I'm saying. it's the gays don't have that exclusive. New War, New Orleanians have that. Yeah. The Mardi Gras but Indians. Everyone yeah. who's well, the Indians are a separate thing. But the but the people who are dressing up for the gay parade, which is what I call, is that what it's called? The yeah. Bourbon Street Awards? Yeah, the Bourbon Street Awards. No, everyone's Those welcome guys. to enter in that. It just happens that the gays, you know, they can't so help themselves. What is it about gay men or some gay men that want to dress up as women? Of all right. things, because these are men who are attracted to other men. Yeah, so that's... why... Yeah, what it's, what it, is it in you that makes you then want to be a woman? Oh, because how fabulous is this, though? Well, you look fabulous, well, and you are fabulous. Thing. Well, I was growing, I remember going to the clubs and stuff, and yeah, like as fun as going to the bar and having a few drinks and listening to music, when a queen shows up and starts death dropping and cartwheeling and, and throwing shade, it just, that's just more fun. Right. You know what I mean? And so, just who doesn't want to be a part of that? Um, and that's why I was going back to like mainstream drag. It's made it okay. 
it's made it okay to come out there and, you know, sashay away and all this silly nonsense. But, I mean, it's just, you know, how deliciously gay is that? Well, I guess kind of what you're saying is it's like Jay's job. It's like the difference between watching a band and being in a band. Um, Like you're the entertainer. Facilitate the party. Yeah, you could. I was going to go a different direction. What were you going to say? Go on. I mean, I was going to say that... uh, it does look fun, I guess, and uh, <laughs> I respect the courage of the both the vagina costume and day drag. I just uh, I like to be funky, but at the end of the day, I uh, I just have to be black, and that takes courage. <laughs> yes. Well said. Yes, I take well, that with me well everywhere. Well played. Well played. You can't run away from that. Can't run away. I wouldn't want to, but I can't. You can't put on a costume that changes everyone's opinion of you. Well, you know, I can go from funky to super funky. <laughs> but, uh, those are my options. Do you, do you describe the music as, as super funky? Hmm. I describe it as future funky. Future Ooh. funky. All right. Well, we need to take a little stop here for a second and listen to some music. Yes. So you guys can hear what we're talking about. Because this band is really something else. Can I have another vodka? You can have as many vodkas as you want, Kitty. Yes. yes. Graham will hook you up. <laughs> Day vodkas. Day vodkas. Oh. You like that. Coined. <laughs> can, we, can we hook Kitty up with another drink? <laughs> Kitty's like a real oh, alcoholic. No, she just drinks. I'm a bartender by trade. Just get it right. <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell who the real drinkers are, don't you think, Amy? Because they drink like Kitty drinks, just orders, I just want vodka on the rocks. <laughs> What's That's not like? even a drink. It's just alcohol. <laughs> yes. 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 But you're a bartender, so, you know. That's and I'm from New Orleans. Right. So, you what? know, it's, drinking is a social experience down here. Yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't be da- I wouldn't be drinking vodka on ice if I wasn't doing a, um, the talk show. What would you be doing? Sitting at home? Mm, like Bailey's and coffee. Bailey's and coffee? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, no, no. I'd be working. I'd be working right. if I wasn't here. So you go to work as a guy, though? Yeah. Okay. No, this is... Do you live to dress as a woman? I mean, no, is that what you? I have like what it's, it's all about. It's a labor of love. Oh really? No, and it's good. It no, must be the best part of the day. Though. Well, no, and like honestly, like I was saying earlier, um, I'm a career bartender. I don't. I didn't graduate from college. I don't have any real skill. But uh, we, some of my girlfriends, we can go and do a drag show and raise fifteen hundred dollars for charity. Um, we're also involved with um, No AIDS Task Force. We have our annual um, Art Against AIDS Gala every year in December. We raised $50,000 this year. And, That's amazing. And, you know, for people, yes. you know, in terminal care, you know, it's food for friends. It brings, you know. Is this Lazarus, the Lazarus organization? Or is that no, a Crescent, no, Crescent Care. We're semi-all affiliated together, but um, same idea, though. Like, we're out there providing services for people in the community that can't afford it for themselves. And just because of the nature of things have been neglected. So that's pretty much what you're doing. Well, I want to say that um, I want to shout out, you know, that fundraising is a skill and fundraising is a job. And so to raise $50,000 is an amazing accomplishment. This is what you're doing. You're raising money to give away. Yes, we're raising money. And sometimes you have to dress up to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Gina, like to to bring attention and awareness. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just part of it. You look cute with your hair sticking out on this thing. Someone said I needed to present. Brazilian. I, I, I think European wax. <laughs> yeah, we can always go across the street. I think it looks kind of cute, like don't you we... think, Jay? It's got a sort of cute look with your hair sticking out there. Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Do any guys I, I, wear I feel, vagina? I feel a little costume? underdressed here, actually. <laughs> well, how do you think we draft. feel? Yeah. It's a little draft. Jay, you look cool. Jay's got a cool outfit on with yes, a scarf and Why, thank you. a leather. Is that a bag you, you have there? This is a bag. This is a man bag. What's in it? Magic man stuff. What do you walk around with in there? I got all kinds of stuff. I know. I wish I had a bag. It's a much better idea. I don't, I don't know why guys don't have bags. Well, I'm they glad do. I had it. so much crap bags. in my pockets. Thank you. It came in handy last night. What was happening? There was a broken key on the organ, and I, I lacerated my finger wide open, and I'm bleeding out oh, on the organ, man. just like my professor predicted I would. And um, so I it go sounds in, so medical. It's like a field kit. So I, I go over to the piano, and I, I patch myself up, and I finish the show. All because I had my man back. Right, just as well. Otherwise, you would have been what? Retired hurt. I don't know. Maybe getting dizzy and laying on the low F, and <laughs> bleeding out. Where yeah. were you playing last night? We were playing at Blue Nile. All right. Tuesday night. Tuesday so, nights. That's right. Oh, that was. Oh yeah. I can't. 
Today's Wednesday. Wednesday. It is. Hey, um, so let's take a listen to some. What are we going to listen to then, Jay? Tell I us think we're going to listen to a but song called Open Sesame. Okay. You, did you write this? I was one of the writers. Are you singing this? Um, my voice might be on there somewhere. All right. But, uh, and you're playing piano on this? Yeah, I'm playing piano and, and some synthesizer stuff. But uh, the singing you're going to hear is Berkeley. He, di- he delivered the vocals on this particular song. Okay. Berkeley the Artist. Berkeley the Artist, that's right. And this is your band. You founded this band, Waterseed. You're the co-founder of this band. I am one of the founders so of the you've band, been doing yes, this with Lou Hill. With Lou Hill. You've been playing this music for a long time. A long time, yes. Let's take a listen to it. Open sesame. Yes, Lewis. <laughs> Isn't that That's slick? like put your hands up over your head kind of, you know, jam session. Shake I like it. that. Shake yeah. the booty. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like real musicians? Real music? You know, real musicians. Actual guys who really know and women know how to play. And not just sort of jamming away. But actual. Are you like classically trained? I do have classical training. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows. Like, that was, well, that was hot. No, that was I hot. Yeah, that, that was real good. And I'm wondering, uh, who are some of your uh, idols or... Yeah, local inspiration. Bands, yeah, yeah, inspirations or local bands that influenced you. Mm. Well, as far as local bands, um, we like the Meters. Of yes. course, yeah. yes. And uh, Chocolate Milk and Louisiana Purchase. And I mean, you know, the like the the, the local bands of the shaped all 60s of and 70s. And I mean, as far back as the 50s. I love Fats Domino. You know, yeah. Well, he invented rock and roll. Yeah. So the, the, the New Orleans bands we're supposed to like, we like them. 
um, <laughs> and the, the the influences that maybe um, might be might have had the global stage on a, in a grander way would be like Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know. Uh, but it sounds as good as all that stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. It's the thing. It doesn't sound like it's some sort of copy. Well, thank no, you. So that was like, it sounds like you That could, was amazing yeah. original music. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. That's really amazing. I appreciate that. Hey, um, what sort of classical training did you have? Did you were a classical like, piano yeah, um, student? Yeah. I was, I was classical until uh, one fateful day. I was listening to uh, some 70s radio and... <laughs> because the uh, record player was busted and I put on the radio instead and it just blew my mind. It had to be the funk ever since. But you, What did you hear? Can you remember what it was? I know exactly what it was. What was it? It was Barry White, Ecstasy. Oh, and that super long intro, by the time the, yeah. the, the beat dropped and the Drop vocals the came Drop in, beat, yeah. I, I was like, okay, Beethoven, I'm going to take a little break now. Wow. Can I mean, if you had the choice between Beethoven and Barry White, who wouldn't go with Barry White? <laughs> It was a bit of a tough choice. That's why I said I had to take a break. You know, I, it is it is a first love, but I just felt called, where, called to the funk. Where were you? St- where were you studying classical music? Here in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, here in New Orleans, I had various teachers. And um, are you from down here? Yeah, I'm from were, New Orleans. Were you at Noka? You go to high school? I did I was go to Noka. Yeah, yeah, I went to Noka. Yeah, yeah. Um, various instructors, but it's it's a New Orleans education. I'm fortunate enough to be under the tutelage of, of a lot of uh, really great mentors and sometimes just people I could get two or three sessions with but they would give me so much in those sessions and beyond that just me locked in a rehearsal space wanting badly to get it right and not coming out until I made something out of it, it so perfect. there's a lot of due diligence that's just very personal were you ever in like high school band? Did you ever like march in the parade playing music? You know, I didn't get to march because I played piano. But yeah. whenever I mm. could maybe write out a little chart or something like that, I tried to play saxophone for a while. My buddy was better at it, and I just pretended to play. So I almost got to I almost got to march a little bit, but I was exposed for not like playing. Brassing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what's it like being in a working band like this? Is it what you thought it was going to be like when you set out to do it? Um, I don't really know what I thought it was going to be like. I just knew I wanted to do it. And it's, it's great um, because it's, it's, it's work. It's a lot of work. Maybe more work than a traditional 9 to 5. Mm. But um, yeah. being able to steer the ship yourself uh, does a little something for you. That mm. Just that I can have an idea and uh, call up my... My, my mates with an idea and then that idea becomes a song that you play on this show right. and that we can share with the world and yeah. you can enjoy as well and that just started as something that was in my head one night or in one of my fellow songwriters heads and then it becomes real it's, it's amazing so yeah. touring that and sharing it with other people and seeing their reaction and um, giving them that positive message because we, we lean towards the positive um, that's, that's amazing so when you're playing the stuff that you take so seriously and you love to play it and you're playing it where is it Blue Nile? Sometimes yeah. Is anyone listening or are they just drinking and talking and does that piss you off? There, I think you know I wasn't sure if anyone would listen but I, the I think they do listen. I think they do listen because there are people who I, I'll never forget um, a performance we did in Atlanta and someone approached me afterwards to tell me that they were still emotionally high they hadn't come down from the performance, that it touched them, and that they felt like they were changed forever. Wow! I've, I've heard Wait. those types of reports oh my before. God, that'd be satisfying. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would keep you going for a long time. To think and and that it you've does. done that to somebody. It does. Yeah, but I, I mean, we go to hear music, you know, and people from New Orleans generally go out to hear music. And yeah, then you're, listen to and music. Then yeah. You go to somewhere like Tips or. House of Blues or somewhere, or Blue Nylon now, Frenchman Street, Street has just been the whole... taken over. These people from out of town, they don't even, they're not even listening at all. They're just drinking and talking like they've got, you know, like you've got Spotify on at home. That's true, but I, I just, I don't allow that. You don't. It's an interactive. You, you demand the attention. It will. If I, you're good, they pay attention. It's interactive. Yes. So I convince them that I want them there. Mm-hmm. And that they're here for a reason. They could have been anywhere it's an else, experience. but this is where they found so, themselves. So, so you're addressing people directly. Directly, yes. So you make very them yes. shut up and listen to you. Well, you know, I say it a little nicer, but <laughs> well, I get them to it's, do it. You know, it's a testament to your talent. If you're good, people will pay attention. Absolutely. I was yes. in, I was in uh, Baton Rouge over the weekend for the Baton Rouge Blues Festival, and I was at the after party. There was a band playing. 
And then as soon as, and, and people weren't listening really, they were sort of mingling around. And then as soon as Kenny Neal took stage and got on that guitar, people stopped and They were right. enthralled. What and, made and, you? And the, the energy in the room just changed. No, I mean, yeah, uh, he's been around and his family's been around forever right. in, Baton Rouge, in the Baton Rouge area. What made you go to Baton Rouge for the Blues Festival? Just for the music or you? Yeah, I love blues music. And uh, Baton I Rouge is so mediocre, though. Yes, and being near the capital gives me the cringes. But uh, I do like the blues, and Baton Rouge has such a uh, great history and tradition of blues music. Isn't that funny that it does? Do people at the capital know you? Yes. Oh, here's the abortion lady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at this walking vulva. Well, so, I, I don't know, wear my costume up there. You know. Oftentimes, no, I'm in a business suit. So it's really, it's really a, quite a thing to give people money for medical procedures. Yes. You know, it's, it's an incredible it's, thing it's to do. It's unconscionable in what that made, this what? procedure is not paid for through insurance. I was like, why doesn't health insurance cover that? They don't even cover uh, birth control, really. Um, in some cases, yes, they do. But, uh, uh, you know, of the political nature of abortion care. Okay. And it's, it's regulated state to state. But there is, um, you know, the Hyde Amendment particularly is a federal piece of legislation that prohibits federal funding for people who are on Medicaid, Medicare, Peace Corps members, anyone that's... Um, the Peace Corps? Mm-hmm. Or receiving uh, services through uh, Indian services, or there's a ho- long his- list of groups that are exempted from that. So, But sure. in most states in Louisiana... Um, no private insurance will cover for cover any aspect of abortion care, including the blood work or the ultrasound. So, can we haven't talked at all about Planned Parenthood? Are you not affiliated with them at all? No, but they're an, they're an ally, a coalition ally of ours. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we like them. Yeah, we like them. So the Planned Parenthood clinics that exist, they don't all provide abortions, though. Obviously, no. if there's only birth three control, clinics. right? So they, ha- they offer, and I'm not a spokesperson for Planned Parenthood, so, but uh, they do offer a spectrum of services. They do not offer abortion care here in New Orleans. Right. Is there, so if you get something else wrong with you and you don't have a lot of money and you can't pay for it, like if you need cancer treatment or something, mm-hmm. are there, is there a similar place to go like the abortion fund? Is there a lymphoma fund? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I'm sure there oh, are all, all sorts of... All sorts of organizations who are raising money for well, healthcare services. Are they, are they? No, are they? actually, yeah. Like, so I'm a fundraiser for No Aids Task Force. We've actually at the point now that we're actually being we're actually being able to, to provide care for cancer treat pe- people now. We actually provide services for non-homosexual people in the community too. It's starting to become more of a socioeconomic issue. That's the big thing that we're talking about. Like wealthy straight women that want abortions, they can get abortions. Yeah, they can go to California and New York. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the idea, in my opinion, it becomes a socioeconomic issue. Right. Absolutely. And that's why, like, we have to raise money for people that just can't afford it. And for most people, it's just basic right. Like, Healthcare is a human right. And you would think if the government did anything, it would provide health care. Well, just keep in mind Apparently that it was not. only last year in the election of Gov- Governor John Bell Edwards that Medicaid was expanded. And over three or now 400,000 people that were in that gap now have insurance. But, you know, with the repeal of the ACA on the federal level, that those people are now... And anyone, you know, a lot of people are at risk of losing their health care insurance if the ACA is repealed. Yeah, well, that's true. Are we going to go there? (laughs) Well, that's what you're doing. That's your life's work, right? This is a real job. Yes, this is a full-time job. Right. Not in a Volvo costume, but... No, you... (laughs) Lies and garbage. We we talk about... I mean, so, uh, you know, we talk about all kinds of issues as it relates to this issue. Uh, One of the things that's been a disservice to this movement is that abortion care has been siloed off from so many other issues like uh, equal pay, raising the minimum wage, competence sex education, uh, ensuring that uh, there's quality schools, that the streets are safe for children, that there's child care, that there's... You can't can't do all this. But no, but we can talk about it. I think that um, that's what's missing is the and conversation awareness. and an awareness first, and education. The first step is awareness. Absolutely. And, you know, to Jay's point, 
many of these restrictions and policies that are in place across the country and in this state particularly impact uh, people of color, immigrant communities. And so... Um, well, the people who are the least powerful usually have the least money, at least in, in the United States. And but it in gives New you Orleans, less that's access a, to everything. But in New Orleans, that's a large po- part of the population. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, we've experienced a boom, what, what's 2017? In the last Correct. four or five years, yeah, there's been this influx of people. So now there's all these big programs that help people. The majority of the city is below the national average of, like, income. Louisiana is one of the most impoverished states in the country. That's what, yeah, like, we, we have this big bubble. The CBD is finally full again with people that can afford to live there. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about that. No, we... I'm a career bartender. There were people that have lived in New Orleans before the storm, right after the storm. We helped rebuild it. They're being pushed out of the city because mm-hmm. we can't afford to live here anymore. Right. Yes. Right. The majority of the city is like that, though. Too many of uh, there's underemployment, and too many of the jobs in New Orleans, especially, are service industry, industry jobs, where they're making you know seven twenty five an hour, which is not a living wage. Which is why we are also talking about raising the minimum wage and working with Fight for Fifteen movements and others that are talking about economic but, justice. And this goes right into like the musician aspect. Yes, musicians who wake up after a night of work that go back to the bar to go play music to make money. I've had musician friends. They aren't um, until you get that big record deal they're not living the most glamorous lifestyle. And they don't have insurance. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to read you, Jay, but I'm just saying it's, it's that. Good. No, no, you know, you know what I'm saying though. It's like if you want the musicians to be able to afford to live in town and just roll down the street oh hey, come on Frenchman Street, I'm going to come play music for the night. They need to be able to afford to live down here to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you know they need to be able to afford to come from New Orleans education system, learn these basic musical skills, and then they just get together because their friends grew up in this lifestyle where, yeah, we played for the parades, yeah, we played for the festivals, and now we're playing gigs on Frenchman Street. It's not like we're, we have like this huge, we're not L.A. where people are coming here with their casting cards. That's the beauty of New Orleans, though, mm-hmm. is that it's really organic. And, yeah... The beauty is coming from a lower socioeconomic status. So if you start pushing all these people outside the city, you're not going to have all this. Right, that's you, what people you, t- like. you turn New Orleans, um, the French Quarter, into a Disney World-like atmosphere. But, it's but not going to have any culture. But all this is actually happening. What you're describing of right. what you're uh, what you're scared of happening is actually happening. No, no, it really is happening. People are being forced out. People who, I mean, the, the local musicians who are playing at Jazz Fest, for example, couldn't even afford to get into Jazz Fest usually. Yeah. And people who are Thank playing you. on Bourbon Street and playing on and Frenchman Street couldn't even afford a night out on Bourbon Street and Frenchman Street on the money they're making at these places. And that's really happening. And, and people who are waiting in, in restaurants and working in bars like you are can't afford the rent now and to live in places. When the recession happened, so, when the oil spill happened, when Katrina happened, it was the working class people that rebuilt the city. That's why it's so cool down here right now, y'all. It's a bunch of like-minded people. That just found their groove well, down here. New Orleans has completely changed. It used to be a place that you were either born here and you lived here and you were raised here and that's why you loved it, or you discovered it and you moved here despite the fact there was nothing to do. And you couldn't get a job here and you had there was absolutely no hope. Sitting on your you front porch was it. everything. Yeah, but you just loved the city. And now it's changed. Now people are coming here as a destination for for the for their advancement, for a job, people to make to money. Make a, people need to be so able to make a living. You know, and be able to support families. I'm interested in, I was recently asked about musicians and insurance, and I actually didn't know how Ooh. to answer them. Do you have health care insurance? How, how do you? Because well, you work for yourself, so you don't have yeah, a company that. You know, it's funny you would mention it. It's, it's not something I'm quite ready to speak on, but it's something that I am taking on uh, personally, that I, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to lead the charge on that kind of thing. There are people who have had some initiatives. Um, and Would a musician's union be like... I know that sounds like a very broad thing to say. Yeah. But, um, I mean, a very anti-Southern thing to say, too, when I bring unions into it. Well, there but is a musician's there union. There is a musician's union. Oh, and, okay. and there are other initiatives that have been designed to help. It's just that uh, they're not perfect options. And um, That's fair. I, I mean, we are the, in New Orleans. <laughs> well, some of us are on the inside of the conversation about 
what's imperfect about those options. And I just want to be able to uh, foster an environment where, with confidence, an artist can be a viable, productive citizen who is uh, not only earning but contributing and not just scratching to survive uh, because, you know, art is a major pillar of society. And we all have to collectively undergird that effort. And art is deterred when you put... You, you know what I mean? Like, art becomes deterred when you start to put, like, that weird stress on it. As an artist, as an artist, if you have to sit there and say, hey, I need to go play music. Hey, I'm going to go do drag. Hey, I'm going to go do X, Y, or Z as a performing artist, as a creative individual, which famous literary people we can just start babbling about have credited at New Orleans for... If that becomes deterred based on if you can afford to do it or not, that's that deters creative energy, right? That's like Absolutely. the like what we, with the French Quarter. Yes, this famous world-renowned destination. Yo, it's a neighborhood with a library and an elementary school because people live there. That's but that's the beauty of it. But we, all these f- social forces are changing, and what you're talking about, Jay, is doing something about it. See, that's the question, is what do you do in the face of all this change? Well, you know, that's that's something I would love to come back and talk about later. I'm Uh, I'm developing, um, and I didn't know I was going to mention this, but I'm developing what I call the the Gentleman Sharp Foundation, uh, which is designed to address exactly these kinds of things. Excellent. Wow. That's what the J is for, is for gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. Oh, look at us. How interesting. And when do you think you might have something... You can talk about after the summer. Um, when my attorney advises that it's time to speak about. <laughs> okay, I just don't want well, to say too much too soon. But you, well, you're definitely these, speaking my language here. Both these ladies are professional fundraisers. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm so making friends today. You might yeah. be able to get some uh, get some pointers here as to actually how to go about that. How interesting. Well, that's going to be cool to find well, out more about that. But that's, I stumbled that, like, onto a, but that's like the backbone of New Like, people wouldn't come down here and, yeah, we're a cruise port, but people come down here three days before their cruise to hang out in the city. They pre-vacation. Right. They post-vacation. We have festivals all year long. We're a destination for conventions, major sporting events. Uh, besides that, the new Tulane Medical District, they brought 20,000 right. young jobs into the city. Wow. The city is... Do- doing their best to try and diversify you know job aspects in town but at the end of the day what makes the city so special I'm sitting in a room with New Orleanians right now if this is so refreshing I think it goes to the priorities (laughs) I think it goes to the priorities of our society and each of us have touched upon you know our wish and our desires for the priorities to change so that people in our community our families our friends can be and live the most authentic lives that they hope for and want. And in some cases, that's having, an, you know, starting a foundation as a musician so that you have insurance. That's it's so cool. It's funding health care and ensuring that women have options, all the options available to them. And in your case, Kitty, it's, it's being authentic in, in your creativity oh. and, and personality and, and supporting all sorts of uh, gender identities, right? Yes, exactly. I'm, yeah, well exactly. Well yeah, put. yeah. Well, here, 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 here. Yeah. So we have to get <laughs> out of here. Smoking from the Volvo. We got to get out of here, Volvo, and pay, wait for paying customers. It's already customers, over. But, but, yeah, we got to you know let them sit, seat people here so they can eat dinner. Oh, this is so much fun. I know. But tell us before we go, before we go, Amy, you have like a fundraiser that you wanted to mention. Yes, I, yes. Thank you so much. I knew uh, this was going to happen. We would never get to it. But <laughs> let's get to it. What is it? Yes. So um, the New Orleans Abortion Fund. Each year we have a large, our largest fundraiser is called the Gameathon. Um, it's patterned after Bowlathon, but of course our local bowling alley wouldn't support that effort. So we are at Shamrock on Sunday, April twenty third, from four to six thirty p.m. Hang on, slow down, wait up. Shamrock is what? A bar somewhere or other? Shamrock Shamrock is a... It's a bar bowling alley. It's a bar bowling alley. Ironically, it's the old bowling alley, but now they offer pool, darts... Oh, we don't say their name. Ping pong. Caught that. Um, Hang on a second. Oh, it's where the old... 
bowling alley used to be yes. on Carrollton Avenue. It's still at bowling Carrollton. I didn't even know that was still gone. At Carrollton on New Orleans. It's oh. called Shamrock There's now. There's like awesome Shamrock. arcade games there, too. Arcade, yes. Yeah. And so, ah, okay. And so, um, oh, that's interesting. You, okay. can, you can come out on Sunday, April 23rd from 4 to 6.30 and uh, make a contribution of $30 and join a team and play all kinds of games. Or you can go online and make a contribution if you're not able to be there on Sunday. It's uh, bull.nnaf.org slash N-O-A-F. Oh, no one's going to remember that. I'm going to we'll put a link to it. I'll ask them to put a link to it on our page, on, on the Happy Hour so page on it. Can year, you tell me what that is before we leave here so I yes, know? Yes. Last okay. year we raised $17,000. Who cute, wow. girl. Here, all locally. Uh, with donations of fifty and a hundred dollars, I mean, very small donations. Wow. This year, our goal is twenty thousand, and we're very close. So I really would appreciate people's okay, so support. It's April, April twenty third, Sunday, April twenty third. Yep, at Shamrock. Okay, cool. At Shamrock on Carrollton Avenue, which is the old bowling alley. Yes. Before it moved further down Carrollton Avenue. Okay, cool. All right. Kitty, do you have anything to wrap up with? Anything we need to know about? Where can yeah. people meet you? What bar are you are you bartending um, at? You can meet Kitty yes. um, at the world famous Bourbon Pub, the Oz New Orleans, Bufas on Esplanade, the MSL Lounge down in Just Homa. at random times if you I, happen to go there. I'm, I, I do the circuit, but I would love hey. everyone to join me on February 3rd, 2018 at the Pontchartrain Center out in Kenner for the Crew Petronius Ball Mass 57 okay. where we celebrate Dragons. Drag ons. Okay. Uh, it's s- going to be one of the right. biggest events of the year. I've, ch- I've chosen the very last 30 seconds of the show to look at my research here that <laughs> Graham gave me, my, our producer gave me. It says that you own the Miss Gay Crescent City, Louisiana beauty pageant. Yes, I. So you're an entrepreneur as well. Well, I, uh, against my vulva friend over there, I help propagate beauty pageant systems. <laughs> <laughs> but this yes. is beauty pageants for drag queens. Yes, yes. I, is, there um, a, is there a bathing suit? Bikini option there? Do you have to wear a bathing suit? I can introduce you to some gals if you'd like me to, Grant. <laughs> what, is, what is the No, beauty? it's basically based off of an interview, a formal evening gown look, and then a talent. It's basically a talent-based competition. God, this sounds like fun. Symbol of integrity, yes, because girls bring their very best of the best. Um, we're a preliminary to a state and national pageant system. Um, the, our girl, Miss Mercedes L'Oreal, Miss Crescent City 2017. Hey, girl. Um, she won a $1,000 cash prize, set of jewelry, makeup. Where, where girls the, rock. At Cafe Istanbul this Cafe year. Cafe Istanbul. Is it coming up or is it being? We've already had it. And okay. then I'm actually switching over to Entertainer of the Year system. Who haven't announced that yet? But. Entertainer of the Year. Remember you heard it here first. Entertainer of the Year Entertainer Drag of Queen. The, of Drag Queens, yes. Entertainer of the Year of Drag Queens. Wow. Okay. What is that? Do we know anything about that? Can we say anything about Not that? Not yet, okay, but it's going to be right. at a bigger venue because it's going to be kind of a big deal. Wow. Entertainer of the Year Drag Queens. Okay. And where's Waterseed? Anyone who's just discovered Waterseed listening to this, we can, I know you can get it on Spotify and well, YouTube, but um, what about live? You have a new record coming out. Yeah, and, and that's where the focus is. It's on iTunes and Amazon. Waterseed, the album is called We Are Stars. And by We Are Stars, we mean everyone. We are made of stardust, and we are returning to the roots of who we are as a collective. We are all one. We are all stars. Waterseed, We Are Stars is available on iTunes and Amazon. You can like us on Instagram and on Facebook. You can follow us on social media. You can go to waterseedmusic.com and join the email list. And we will periodically update you as to what we are doing and our whereabouts when we are coming to a funky city near you. Do all of that so yeah. you can be a part what of the Water Seed family. Radio voice. Yeah, yes. ah. <laughs> just keep talking. I could just listen yeah, to that all day. Right. That is so, yeah. you have got a great voice. Do you ever do? Slick, do you ever honey. do radio? I would love to do radio. <laughs> You've got to. <laughs> I can't believe that's you are li- not on that's the radio. That's literally his goal. <laughs> we can make that happen for you. Jay Sharp, thank you so much for joining us. That was all the information there about Water Seed that you need. Hopefully, you can follow them on Amazon. And on iTunes. That's where you can Why get the Why are you not on Spotify with this new record? Well, you know, Spotify does not get the artist paid, and we want to get paid. Well, we want you that. to have the music. Here, here. But we also want to stay in business. Yeah. Well, who would, who would disagree with that? <laughs> Jay, thanks for being here. 
I was dying to see what your face would look like when you walked in and saw. <laughs> well, here I am. Daytime yeah. drag. And yeah. Amy. And Amy Irvin, thank you so much for coming down here. Thank the you so much for having New me. New Orleans Abortion Fund. We'll have a link to that on our website. We can maybe talk people into going to the fundraiser at Shamrock on April 23rd. Kitty Delita, thank you so much for being brave enough to come down here oh, in daytime drag. it was my drag. pleasure, darling. It's been great. What a great show. Thank you so much for that. It's been Happy Hour for another week. The producer of our show is Graham DuPonte. Graham, you yeah. right, did yourself Woo! this week. Cheers, Christian Unruh is our music director and Jean Valois is our music producer. Thomas Walsh is our technical director and our live feed directors, if you're watching this on Facebook Live, are Asher Griffith and Grayson Jernigan. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Ooh. Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can sit around at our table here, at Wayfair for about an hour and drink without falling off your chair. Drop us a line. Our address is on our <laughs> website. It's neworleans.com. We can also see other shows that we make here, including um, many other hours of happy hour, actually. Up there. Years and years worth of happy hour if you'd like to go back into the archives, as well as Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace. True to the game with the hilarious Chris True, Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker and many, many more as well. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com. And it's BatonRouge.LA. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. And all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. This is one week. If you don't know what everybody looks like here at this table, you need to go and do that. <laughs> Those photos are taken by Alison Moon. Jay's handsome. Really? Well, you, guys are, you guys are the best-looking guests we've ever had, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you so much for subscribing to us. Take a moment, if you have nothing better to do, to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is right across from the European Wax Center and down from the Polian Avenue a little bit, where they have a three-hour happy hour here every day and a great brunch on the weekends. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworlds.com for Andrew Duhon, who is off making a record, but you can maybe find him somewhere around the country at andrewduhon.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll see you back here next week. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here at Wayfair on Happy Hour. Happy Hour.